Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, founder of The Bounding Solutions and author of Quietly Visible, leading with influence and impact as an introverted woman. Now, this is the podcast for introverted women who want to thrive as leaders and in life. And my guest this episode is someone who I met in my Facebook group for High Achieving Introverted Women. And I was very interested and impressed with her story and her journey, um, which she will tell you all about. And her name is Teresa English, and she's a veteran, she's a mom, she's an educator, and she's also state representative in Massachusetts. So hello, Teresa, and welcome. Hello, thank you very much for inviting me on. Um, I do just want to say real quick, I am running for election. I uh, hopefully this time next year, I will be able to say State Representative Teresa English. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Yes you, yes, you did tell me that you were running. So yes, she is running for State Representative. I correct myself. So yes, yes, hopefully what I'm, I said that because it is going to happen. <laughs> Yes, speak it into existence. As That's it were. right. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. So it's great to have you here. So, um, just yes, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, it's a, a very varied experience: veteran, mom, educator, um, running for state representative. So, yes, just tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. So, my experience is definitely a bit unique. Um, I grew up in Georgia, kind of uh, south of Atlanta in a more rural area where having exposure to the outside world was very limited. And the place I grew up is still very, um, very rural and very disconnected from sort of modern society. And I knew growing up that I didn't want to stay there. And joining the Air Force was one way that I could get kind of outside that bubble. And I come from a really long history of military service in my family, dating all the way back to before the Revolutionary War. Or um, I think you guys call it something different, don't you? Um, Yes, the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, no, so the uh, the War of Independence. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, so quite a long history. And I'm the first woman in my family to have joined the military. And I served in the Air Force until I was injured and unable to run anymore. And that's a pretty uh, big deal in the Air Force. They want you to be able to run. So I was uh, kind of left without a paddle for a while, and it took me some time to figure out what I wanted. But my experiences in the Air Force shaped so much of who I am because of my job in the Air Force, and that was an intelligence analyst. So as a really shy woman who or young girl, because I was 17, As a really shy person who had zero public speaking experience, 
I was thrown in front of rooms full of generals and told to give presentations. <laughs> and in the military, you don't get to say no. <laughs> so the first several months were really rough. Uh, but because I have a baby face and I was young and I was trying really hard, I received a lot of great encouragement about public speaking and putting myself out there. And that's something I have taken with me. I think I forgot it for a long time, but in the last several years, I am no longer content to sit back and let the people in charge continue to ruin our existence. Mm -hmm. So I could just sort of take you back to, you talked about, having to sort of give these presentations to all these generals and as a young, uh, very young woman. Um, and how, how was, how was that? So was, I, 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 I'm just making an assumption here. Was it mainly males that you were sort of having to give these presentations to? Oh, um, yes. Uh, so thinking back, uh, I don't think there was anyone in the room other than there might have been one or two women, but it was primarily uh, older white men who were much higher ranking than I am, than I was. Some of them had been in the military longer than I had been alive. Right. OK. And so how 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 was that for you then? This, you know, you're young you're a woman in a male-dominated environment, you are introverted and you're having to put yourself out there. That must have been pretty scary. It was. There were several moments when I, you know, walked with a very stiff upper back all the way until the door shut behind me, and then I ran outside and cried. Um, It was, you know, there were, there were many times where I felt utterly defeated and that I had no, there was no room for me in that space, but I had some really good mentors and they helped me see that I was there as something larger than myself. And it sort of gave me, I guess, that that little bit of extra confidence and focusing on the mission rather than all of the butterflies and my hand shaking and my voice trembling. And being able to ignore that to focus on the mission helped a lot. And as I've gotten older and been studying public speakers, I notice all the time now that a lot of people's hands shake when they are behind a podium. And somehow seeing that helped me tremendously. Just knowing that these feelings are not unusual and that everyone has them. And I think that's um, a lesson that can be applied to many areas where people are feeling um fearful because it's easy to think that it's it's just you that's going through something but when you see that other people are experiencing that as well it's then oh takes away some of that pressure yes yes it does 
and almost everyone has that giant sense of relief when it's over but there's also tremendous adrenaline and excitement from doing a job well mm -hmm. yes yes so so how so how long were you um in the um, military for so i was in the air force for about 18 months mm -hmm. And my intention had been to serve a long career. Uh, I really liked my job and I liked my unit and where I was stationed. Um, but uh, injuries during service had different plans for me. Uh, and how, how was that experience, you know, ex you know, having that injury and then that totally changing your the, the sort of the trajectory for your career I mean at the, that particular time what was that like for you to get a blow it was really it was really awful um it was some of the darkest points of my life a lot of things have changed since I got out in 2003 um I didn't receive very many uh, supports after I got out and I was financially I was kind of forced to move back to where my parents were living which is a place without opportunity so I quickly found myself working at the pizza place that I had worked at through high school no. and um, you know a few years later I was homeless and um, there were 2003 to 2009 were some dark, dark years for me. And a lot of that stemmed from being 19 and having all of my dreams kind of crumbled. And I was coming out of a, a terrible relationship. And it took a while, it took a long while for me to get my feet back under me and in a position where I felt like I could contribute to the world around me and not focus on my immediate needs of food or shelter. And, and what was it that enabled you to get to that place where you um, felt that you, you, did, you, you could sort of move forward? Some of it was finally getting a good job. Um, and making good money for a while. The uh, I was doing pretty well, and then the 2008 happened, and uh, I lost a, a good job that I thought was, you know, it's just been, it was a variety of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not having access to a good job, not having access to a reliable car, and not having a stable place to lay my head. You know, all three of those were real impediments to moving ahead. And like most Americans, I did not have health insurance at the time either. So, you know, anytime I had a medical issue or needed medical care, that tended to set me back as well. Uh, and that's why I think we're so fortunate here in the UK that we have the National Health Service that, um, Yes. Right. And when 
my husband and I decided to leave Georgia, one of the reasons we chose to live in Massachusetts is because we have health care in Massachusetts. There is a social safety net here that does not exist in most of the rest of the United States. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, um, to, so was that 2009? You said that things started to turn around for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so t- then, you know, 2009, I reconnected with uh with someone I went to high school with, and we got married, and we have two wonderful kids, and we moved to Massachusetts, and. I started teaching history at uh, high school here. And what, what was it that made you sort of go into teaching and, and teaching history? What sort of led you to that? So the teaching always seemed a natural fit for me. Um, in school, I enjoyed tutoring peers. I had a job tutoring at one point, and I really like that the ability, or I think I have the a good skill set of educating others, and I have the ability to to break things down into smaller pieces and figure out ways to connect with people, and I'm really good at doing that with teenagers. So teaching high school seemed a natural fit. And my bachelor's degree is in science. So originally I was going to teach biology to high schoolers. And then the election of 2016, when Donald Trump was elected, shook me in a way that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I switched to history and civics instead, because there is a real lack of understanding about how the political system in the United States works. And a lot of people don't understand the power that they have. And so one of the one of the jobs I felt that I had as a high school teacher was to help my students understand that they have way more power than they think they do. And navigating the complex system of politics and city government and state government is really intimidating. But being able to kind of guide the next generation so that hopefully things for them aren't as difficult as they have been for my generation is something I feel really strongly about. And what you say say there about um, not understanding the the political system or um, not understanding the system, that can leave people powerless in terms of that, that not having that knowledge and once, right. you have, once you have that knowledge, you can then, it's even easier to navigate those systems. Absolutely. When I look back to 2003 to 2009 for my personal life, there are so many resources that I could have used. And there are, there were systems in place to help me, but I didn't know they existed. And I didn't know how to ask. 
and I didn't know who to ask. And that's a barrier for so many people. I'm lucky in that I'm well-educated and that I have family that supported me even when I couldn't support myself. Mm. Yeah, and, and that is so important. And there's there's some key um, key lessons that are coming out of your your what your, you're sharing here, which um, you know I will sort of pick up on and as we sort of come to, to near the end of the, our talk. So so you're in Massachusetts now, and you're teaching history and um, and how how do you find that? Is it something that you enjoy? Is it, um, yeah, yeah. How so? How is that for you? Or how is that was that for you? Well, so I decided to run for state representative after being in the classroom for a couple of years, and because of ethics laws in Massachusetts, it's almost impossible for someone who is working for the city or county government to run for statewide office. So I'm not teaching this year, but teaching is one of the best jobs I've ever had. I absolutely love being in the classroom with my students and learning about their lives and getting across this vital information and watching them grow more empowered every week right the the shy sophomores that come in on the first day leave as you know partially full-grown adults at the end of that year like the so when you're you know 15 to 16 it's such a big year and i absolutely love it and i'll probably go back to teaching at some point in the future but running our schools are so messed up right now. And it's so hard to teach as a teacher, right? That's the, the one part of our job that we really want to do. And it's getting harder and harder to be a teacher in the classroom. And, and, and so, in what way? So, so what, in what way is that? So we have a lot of high stakes testing mm -hmm. that is really intruding in the curriculum so my last year as a teacher we had more meetings about ways to improve the test scores than we did about how to help our students that were falling through the cracks right. and it was really frustrating i had an administrator tell me you can only reach 80 percent of kids so why even bother for the other 20. No. And and I asked her, I said, well, how do I identify those 20 I'm supposed to just ignore? And she didn't have an answer. She just said, well, we just don't have time for them. And that's the mentality of people who are running our schools. And it's because of a lot of laws that have been passed over the last 50 years that take away a lot of the power of teachers and administrators and curriculum experts and counselors like our schools are really falling apart and it's because of a lack of investment and people writing laws when they don't understand what 
a school is or how it runs. Right. And so I say it's good good intentions gone awry. Mm. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, I can I I know quite a few teachers sort of here in the UK, um, and I know that they too find it challenging based on some of what you've said as well. Mm. Yeah. So my hope is to win this election and work with some other great folks in the state legislature to write laws that focus on the students we have now and the students we will have in the next 10 years. Redesigning an education system that might have worked in the 1980s or 1990s is not what our students in 2022 need. And so we need to write laws that can be adaptable and don't take away tools that teachers have, but give them more and provide funding. We have a lot of mandates that don't come with any funding. Right. And and so it it sounds like your 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 passion for that for, for the work that you have done is what has led you to run for um, state representative is and for wanting to make a difference, make a change. Um, would I be correct in that or what, what is it that yeah. led you to, to them? I have a hard time sitting by and watching things that are terrible and not doing something about it as long as I'm capable of getting my hands dirty and putting in, you know, some effort and helping things change for the better, I'm definitely going to be there. I don't know how to sit idly by and watch things be broken. I know so many good teachers who went into education for all the right reasons but have left or are considering leaving because it's so difficult to function inside of a school system right now and there are i don't want to say all schools are bad but the schools that i have worked in that my kids go to that i went to you know they need help these the these mandates are really putting a strain on everyone mm. right so before we explore that a bit more and about what it is that you're um when in terms of what you're standing for what what changes you want to see um again this 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 podcast is broadcast globally and, and even though i'm based in the uk i probably have slightly more listeners in the US but for those people who are here in the UK who may not necessarily know what a state representative is what is a state representative so it's like a congress or parliament but on a state level so the state of Massachusetts has like six million people and uh there are 200 uh, state legislator, legislators that work to pass laws for um, for the state of or for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. 
Right. Okay. So it, it's um, I guess it's similar to what we have here, where we have our um local authorities, we have our local councils, we have the central government, and we have the the local council. So I guess it's um probably it's it's similar to that. Yeah. It's a little, you know, bigger than a city, but not quite as big as a country. Mm -hmm. um, the United States is humongous. So it's like 50 tiny countries sort of under one. <laughs> yeah. And so um, if you are elected or when you are elected, I'm going to think positively here. Um, yep. What, what would you what sort of changes will you want to make? So I will, as an individual, my, um, my ability to change things is kind of small, but I've been working over the last year to forge relationships with people who are like-minded and are currently serving as a state representative or as a state senator, uh, which are would be my um, colleagues. And they have some great ideas about ways to improve lives for everyone here in Massachusetts and to really be a leader in the United States and hopefully bring positive changes around the US. Things like better funded schools, more healthcare, investing in our infrastructure, uh, paid leave for parents and people who get injured. Those are some of the things that are on the table and in the works for the next couple of years. I will be replacing someone who has been an impediment to all of these uh, programs that we want to establish. So just by being elected, I will be one more vote that is needed. And as someone who's good at building coalitions, I'm already starting to work on some of the people who are more hesitant. So that's my goal is consensus building and getting enough things passed so that these changes can start taking effect. All right. Okay. And there's this as you sort of talked throughout this uh, our conversation there's some key things that have come out in terms of what has helped you along the way so um you talked about uh, early on in our conversation you talked about um the focus and having a mission and focusing on that mission that enabled you to overcome those fears the the nerves that sort of thing um, you've talked about having mentors who were key to um, your journey as well. You talked about having support of family um, when you were going through those difficult times. And, and now you've sort of talked about forging relationships and that, um, I guess, collaboration now that you're um, entering the, the field of politics. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. so... So in terms of, you know, what the lessons are that you've learned, what are some of those lessons that you've learned that you would like to share with listeners? We are each so much more capable of things than we think we are, 
right? We, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. Um, I have been really surprised with some of the things I've been able to do because it's hard to have faith in yourself. But my husband, my mother, and some other friends are my biggest cheerleaders. And having people in your corner just makes a huge difference. And joining professional organizations can facilitate some of those relationships that are able to both bring you joy and help you elevate yourself beyond what maybe you intended to, right? My intention at the beginning of this pandemic was never to run for state office. I always thought I was too shy. I was too, you know, I like to sort of just fade into the background and, or before I like to just sort of fade into the background and not put myself in the front of situations. But the pandemic has just accelerated everything for me and for a lot of others. And it waiting is not the right course of action, mm-hmm. right? Things need to happen now. I can't wait until I feel more comfortable with myself to be part of a solution yeah and and have and I think that is so important is being part of something or a mission that because this is so much bigger than you isn't it um and I think that is so important to add meaning and purpose to our lives to um have a mission that is bigger than ourselves um that is much more than just us um, and be part of the solution. So that sounds fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just, you know, trying to to do what I can to keep hope in my life. And uh, joy is also so important to continue to get out of bed every morning, especially these days. Um, and watching things change for the better bring me a lot of hope and joy and keeps me grounded in why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing, you know, your experience, your journey. It's been very interesting talking to you. And if people want to find out more about you and your work that you're doing and your, um, I, I guess your election campaign and they would make maybe they want to get involved where's the best place for them to go so my campaign website is vote that's v-o-t-e-t-e-r-e-s-a-e-n-g-l-i-s-h.org and from there that you can find links to articles i've written Uh, my Twitter or uh, Instagram and Facebook pages for the campaign. Or if you want to follow me personally on my personal Twitter account, that's Teresa FTW, Teresa for the win on Twitter. All right. Well, thank you so much, Teresa. I wish you every success with your campaign. And I hope I said at the beginning, I will be saying 
state representative. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope so too. Uh, if anyone you know has a little disposable income they want to shoot my way, uh, that would also be fantastic. I guess that actually only applies for U.S. listeners, mm. so you can maybe leave that part out. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That I um I will put the link as well when when I put the podcast so that people can access your website and find out more how they can get involved and how they can support you as well. So the listeners do go um, and check out Teresa. Um, you know, she's got some really good um, values that she stands for and what she wants to wants to see happen. So do, do check her out. Um, and thank you for listening. And if you are not part of my high achieving introverted women community then do join us on facebook the high achieving introverted women facebook group and if you want to increase your confidence influence and impact if you go to my website aboundingsolutions.com there's a a free assessment on there that you can complete that will give you some ideas about areas that you can focus on and so until the next time bye